Welcome to the Six Hats podcast, where I, Dr. Shami, a lifestyle and nutritional medicine family doctor, will talk about how women strive to find balance each day by juggling their six roles, being a woman, mother, daughter, partner, business owner, and professional. And I'm really excited to have Dwaraka back on the Six Hats podcast. Welcome back, Dwaraka. Hi, Shami. Super excited as usual. How are you? Really, really well. And can I just say our listeners have loved your meditations. And for those who haven't listened, go back to season one, season two, and you have got to check out Dwaraka's meditation. It is so relaxing, so inspiring. So thank you, Dwaraka. Oh, bless you. Thank you, Shami. Thank you. So today, listeners, we decided to talk about expectations. And it was sort of triggered by our own experiences in the last few weeks, thinking, wow, just because we've had these expectations which were not fulfilled, we are actually getting stressed. And then when I really looked into it, wow, how often do expectations cause unnecessary stress? If we just reframed it, change the narrative, change the story that we're telling ourselves, we actually feel different. And so how often are these expectations actually ruling our life and taking over and whether we can actually become more flexible and change our perspectives? So Dwaraka, I'd love to know, what are your thoughts about expectations? Shami, it's actually a super often unacknowledged aspect in our lives or not consciously acknowledged by me. What do I feel about this? I think it's actually has a massive impact, not only our well-being, but fulfillment. Well, I guess fulfillment and joy in life all related to well-being, but it affects our well-being quality of life. I feel the reason I'm sharing that with such sort of almost conviction is because when I reflect on myself, because I, I guess I think of myself as student in life and often a good example is watching how I've been and then realizing that actually a lot of us are very similar from studying people who come across. So with expectations, Shami, it's often related to, yes, unhappiness, unnecessary suffering, pain, fear, feeling inadequate. I'm talking for myself and from what I've observed in others, um, feeling that, oh, nothing's good enough. I'm not good enough. And Shami, have you noticed how often what goes hand in hand, happily skipping along or not so happily skipping along with expectation is comparison? I'd love to hear your feelings on this or thoughts or both, because often with expectation, it's either me comparing myself to someone else or, for example, well-meaning loved ones, family comparing you to what's happening, say, in another family in the society. We can talk about milestones a bit later, but I suspect you may understand it, for example, from studying to marriage and so on. But those are just examples. So expectation, Shami, I feel is massive to be aware of because it has a huge impact on our well-being and quality of life. You touched on so many topics (laughs) that I'm laughing about because it's also sort of cultural expectations and even societal Mm -hmm. expectations. And you're so right because it is comparing ourselves to what's happening in our tribe. And it kind of goes back to in the previous podcast about tribal effect. But when you think about it, expectations come from and who actually influences them. And it's so true. It's who you surround yourself with influence your expectations. For example, if uh, a certain 
you know, family member behaves in a certain way. You know, you have that expectation that my sister needs to do that. My mom needs to do that. Or my daughter should be doing this. It's really interesting. So where does that actually come from? Which kind of makes you really reflect of, can we actually change our perspective? And a really good examples that I've sort of experienced and encountered, even amongst my friends, is the whole thing about women getting married by a certain age or having a baby by a certain age or even just being somebody by a certain age. You know, why do we actually put those expectations? And I know culturally, especially amongst the Asian Indian community, marriage is very, very important. And they've got a huge amount of expectation, especially for their women to be married at a certain age. And then you're carrying all of this sort of demands on you. All you're trying to do is live and have fun and, you know, find your passion and do your thing, but it never seems to be good enough. That's when expectations, like what you said, cause stress and pain and and suffering for no reason whatsoever when you really think about it, right? Because, you know, I know culturally in India, they're going through a transition where many women are not getting married in their 20s and they, you know, they're waiting. They are seeking, you know, more of a career change. And so, you know, parents are finding it really hard to deal with that. But I think it's across the board. I think, you know, finding that right person goes across the board in all cultures. They all are, you know, trying to find what's that expectation, isn't it? Expectation of what the partner should be. All of this sort of dictate our choices and how we live our lives. And it can cause a lot of misery. Well, I'm sitting with what you just said. Dictate our choices. You are so right. It's such a, it's actually, I'm really appreciative and grateful that we're speaking about this. It's almost, it's pervasive, Shami. It's pervasive. It can be persistent (laughs) and it really can impact. And, And expectations doesn't have to be bad. It could be good expectations from others or of ourselves, but it can still, for me, I've noticed can cause pain and suffering. So I love what you're saying. Oh, and culturally, I've also noticed Shami, for example, in India or Sri Lanka or countries that culturally had, I'm going to say the word pressure and a lot of expectation on females more. And it's quite notable over the generations. Certainly if we look back at our grandmas and then our mothers, there is growth and progress. But I find the mindset is slower to change than the external changes, if that makes sense. Going back to, oh, I love that, affects our choices in life. So on that, I love what you're saying because sometimes I love what you said. We all we want to do is just do our thing. Yes. And live yes. our passion. You know, do our thing. And for so long, Shami, I have to have a giggle about this because I used to actually get quite resentful and I'm mindful of that. Was one of the ways I chose to go through pain and suffering. So I try to people please and to live up to the expectations of absolutely well-meaning, either family or friends or even partner. And I know the intention is pure and well-meaning, but it's based on whose belief system, whose thoughts is it based on, whose past experience is it based on, whose projections is it based on, whose standards. It's not mine. Oh my God, I loved what you just said there. Wow. Standards, right? Like whose rules of life are we following? And everyone has to have their own rule of life depending on their own experience. And it's just impossible to meet everyone's expectations. And I loved what you mentioned. It also sort of stems down to people pleasing. 
Because if you're trying to meet everyone's expectation, you're constantly people pleasing, which you're literally, I just imagine myself being pulled in all these different directions, trying to manage everyone's expectations. How stressful is that? And if you just imagine, right, be a daughter, a partner, you know, friend, a sister, you know, a sibling, you've actually got so many roles, you know, all these different hats you're playing. And apart from those relationships, the business or employee or, you know, you're at work, you're having all of these people that you're meeting on a day-to-day basis or in your in the past year that have some meaning for you. And that's what you mentioned right at the beginning, Dwarika, that which is really important, is the people that have the most meaning to you actually create those expectations that you want to meet almost subconsciously, right? Because you do want to make, you know, for example, like a really simple example is, for example, a friend who expects you to respond to their text within 24 hours or within an hour. And, you know, if you don't, you consider that you're ignoring or not responding. And so, you know, you constantly are challenged by everyone's expectations. And almost that's like an undercurrent of stress that we are not talking about until today's podcast. (laughs) Right. I'm not sure if we actually, because I know we had a quick little giggle and chat before the podcast. I'm not sure if we actually mentioned that. And I'm grateful that you're sharing that. Shami, further to what you said, it's our nearest and dearest and loved ones. So have you noticed or how much have you noticed that it's actually with our friend's family, for example, the friend expecting a text within 24 hours, for example. It's our nearest and dearest loved ones. It's our tribe that we have the highest expectations of, and they have the highest expectations of us, or maybe not highest, but they have expectations of us. But actually a stranger or even a work acquaintance, not even a work friend, but an acquaintance or those that we know less. For me, I have hardly any expectations, if any often and I'm more at peace with them and it seems a bit silly of me or silly of my loved ones towards me and we're not trying to hurt each other but in the end by having an expectation of the nearest and dearest I'm adding to or I'm co-creating in some pain and suffering rather than accepting them or myself as I am it seems a bit sad but it doesn't have to be because we chats like this make us more aware or we become more aware So, yeah, isn't it funny, Shami? We almost let other people who are not so close off the hook of expectation. Yeah, so true, isn't it? And a great example is, for example, maybe you've got a friend who's super busy. You may not see them until maybe just once a year compared to someone that you meet regularly. And so the expectation of her responding or finding a time to catch up is actually a lot lower and you're not even bothered that she hasn't responded or can't make it for a couple of months, but someone else that you meet up quite frequently, you get quite bothered that, you know, we're not seeing each other. It's it's really, it's like this invisible kind of stress that you're laying out in front of you. And which you mentioned something really important that is going to lead on to our next conversation, which is how can we reframe it? What happens if we tell ourselves a different story? And all of a sudden that emotion changes, the emotion changes to oh, that's fine. That's okay. We can wait or that doesn't have to be that way. It's really, really interesting. I know you've got quite a few other great pointers to share of how can we embrace this, acknowledge it, but also have great strategies to ultimately help ourselves, right? Ultimately reduce our stress response. Shami, yes. So it's a learning curve. It's a personal learning journey. And I 
simply love to share what's helping me. And I find that other people, when they share their wisdom, you find it similar and you learn, I learn so much from others. So these are perhaps suggestions, like you said, changing perspective. Oh my God, I think that's massive. So with perspective comes changing our thoughts, reframing, as you said. So for example, it might be, oh, I don't know. Yeah, my friend should, if I send a text and my friend hasn't replied in, I don't know, a whole day or two days, you know, rather than thinking, oh, oh, is she not feeling as close or something? Something silly like that. It could just be, oh, oh, she must be busy. Okay, cool. You know, that's it. As simple as that. Because I'm actually not very good at responding. I don't actually like spending too much time on devices. My nearest and dearest, my tribe knows that. How? Because I communicated so that they don't have an expectation that I will reply. So one of my solutions would be communication. Sounds obvious, but actually, how often are we doing that? And how often are we doing that effectively? And in communication, how much am I listening to the other? Because we think, oh, it's so good at communicating because we're chatty. No, actually, how much am I listening? So, for example, in this cute little example, I'd say of me being a little bit tardy on responding on, for example, WhatsApp, it's because I choose not to have my notifications on and I choose not to be at, you know, the disposal or the beck and call. What do you call it? Beck and call. That's the word. Thank you. The beck and call of it. That's my choice for my better well-being and quality of life. So when I share that with yourself and all of my loved ones, my nearest and dearest, they're like, ah, yeah, so Dwaraka, yeah. So if I need to contact her, it'll be a different form. Great. Now that has created peace. I feel that they don't expect me to, you know, respond straight to it. And they know how to contact me in an emergency. Likewise, I would say, for example, have a chat with my family about certain expectations they have had of me. For example, it might be... I don't know, for example, yeah, it might, might be about getting married and we are changing and growing and empowering ourselves as women and men. And it's for me to have a conversation and communication with my loved one, because sometimes, as you beautifully said, Shami, the transition stage can be difficult for families to observe, I feel, families or friends. So, for example, in India, women are changing. They're not getting, for example, married. Not Now, for all the listeners out there, we're not talking about marriage being bad or good. We're sharing about women doing their thing a bit more, following their passion a bit more, and taking and owning their power. So in that owning of the power, I feel families or friends witness changes that may not resonate, that may not be easy to accept. And so for, I found for me, little by little, when I communicate with my loved ones who mean so well, they're able to understand me better. So I might say, hey, right now, for example, I don't know, right now I don't feel like doing this particular thing. I know it's important for you. Why do you think it's important for you? So I'll give an example of the marriage, which is, I think, a big thing for a lot of beautiful women from all around the world. It's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful, sacred thing. I know marriage is beautiful. It may not be for everyone. So for example, it might be, oh, you know, loved ones, why do you feel I should be married and they might share or you know because you need someone to support you or you need you might be lonely you know all that stuff or the common one is I just want you to be happy happy (laughs) how many times have we heard that how many times we have have. and so I melt because I know that they mean they mean the best for me they want 
I love what you said. They want you to be happy. And so what if I say, well, my expectation of myself or my feeling that happiness, my perception of happiness, so-and-so is this. I actually feel happier when I can, you know, I feel free by not being married right now. And they might think, oh, freedom for them might be X. Freedom for me might be Y. That's okay. And then it's about me trying, not trying, but intending to accept them as they are. Can be hard. I'm not preaching here. I'm just saying that this is one of the struggles. I'm not struggles. One of the room for growth is expecting myself to stay in my power and share and expecting myself, training myself and growing in myself to listen to the other and not get frustrated that they have a different expectation or different perception to me. So it's communication, listening. And Shami, I'm learning to be more open. I didn't realize how I have expectations of situations. I'll give you a little example. I keep saying about me because I don't want to put anyone else down or bring anyone else down by pointing the finger. I have to take responsibility for me. It's been a big journey of growth, especially in the last few years. So an example, if I may say, so maybe being open and acknowledging and having more compassion on myself. Maybe if we could bring that in, that might be great solutions. So acknowledging, being open and having compassion. For example, I picked up the violin after more than 30 years. I used to play it to a beautiful, what we would might, I guess, might label as a good standard. And I was proficient and people thought I was, you know, offering beautiful music. And I felt that too. Now picking it up after more than 30 years, guess what? I had an expectation that I should like it might possibly is like a cycle you pick up and yeah you might be a bit rusty but you play almost quite quickly and the fingers move smoothly over the strings the reality wasn't quite like that in fact it sounded at times like what's the word you know cat sort of <laughs> squeaking <laughs> sometimes <laughs> making noises and it was embarrassing so my expectation was oh duaraka whoa you're really not very good and Oh my goodness, you used to be so good. And now, you know, and, and that kind of thing. So it may, it felt, I felt not good enough, inadequate. Those weren't external pressures. Those were pressures that I beautifully placed on myself. So I'm just teaching myself and empowering myself to be open every time I pick up the violin and I go, okay, hey, you know, it's been ages. You know, it's been ages since you picked up the violin, over 30 years. Okay, little by little. Okay, today you sound a bit like a cat. Tomorrow you might sound like a little bit of a, I don't know, you might sound a bit more harmonious. That's okay. And I keep going. So maybe being open, acknowledging, having compassion. I love love what you said because I just had this uh aha. You're giggling. Actually, because I take piano lessons and I'm, you know, (laughs) on the way of doing another exam. And it's so interesting, Dwarika, because piano lessons, I would say, you know, my expectation was like, I need to get it right. I had this conventional view or maybe it's programming from school of you go into a lesson, you know, the teacher is teaching you, you've got to get things right. It's got to be perfect. It's rather than just allowing yourself to learn and go, right, what can I learn today? How can I make even a tiny improvement? So I had all this, you know, not fear, but more of pressure on myself to make sure I practice. Did I get the practice done? So it almost became like a chore rather than enjoyment. And you kind of made me think going, I don't need to do this. This is a pure choice. How can I find joy in this? And you're so right, because I put this expectation of this whole scenario of 
having to get it right rather than what can I learn today? And it's so interesting today, I had my piano lesson and I did shift my perspective just naturally. And I loved it. I actually loved it. I go, actually, it's not about teacher telling you, you've got it right, Shami, this is great. It's about, okay, how can I improve? See it as a coach. See, you know, all the great musicians are always having coaches All actually in any field, when they want to improve, they have a coach, they're constantly learning. So see it as something that you're constantly learning. And I just relaxed, enjoyed it. And I was actually finding joy again. So it's so, it was a great reminder about your violin story, Dorica. I love it. I love when we share about our instrument and, oh, I love it, Shami. Instead of trying to get it right, that's another thing, huh? Yeah. Trying to get it right rather than doing our thing. And, and get and we're, we're at, following our passion but we're still being hard on ourselves oh my god oh I love that and another thing Shami I think I'll keep this as one of the final points because I'm mindful of time as well but essentially this may not be a surprise but we sort of intuitively feel that we can feel other people's have you noticed sometimes we could feel this energy of another person's expectation on us and it's very very subtle but sometimes I have felt an expectation, say I'm visiting a loved one and they have this expectation of me, I can feel, I feel that a lot of us, I think, I feel all of us have this power of intuition. And without sounding too woo-woo, we could actually sense someone has an expectation. It feels like a pressure. Likewise, my thoughts, I feel can influence someone else or my expectation. Now we sort of feel and maybe intuitively know that. It was really interesting. Carol Dweck, who's a psychologist at Stanford, researcher. She explains or shares how our thoughts and expectations of something or of another can actually influence or impact the situation or person. For example, teachers felt that teachers having expectations on their students can actually increase or decrease that student's score. Perhaps that applies to parents having an expectation on the child. So perhaps it applies to me. For example, if I see the best, what if I could see the best in, it's easy to see the best in our loved ones. What if we could extend that to everyone? So what if I could see the best? I know I sound a bit idealist here, but what if I could see the best, say in my partner or, you know, what if I could see the best in you, my beautiful loved one? What if I could see the best in myself? And what if I can then influence that positively? Not project my expectation like, oh, you are going to do the dishes. You are going to do the dishes. Not like that. But actually, oh, I feel, you know, that you are a good person to me. And then maybe, and whatever expectation you have, I know that you mean well. And what if I see myself and others as much as possible in a place of wholeness, in a place of they are perfect as they are, in a place of they are happy and well. What if, what if we could do that? And what if we can create positive impact rather than the other way around? So for example, what if teachers and parents could see their children happy or parents and what mean, I feel parents are so amazing. They mean the best. What if as a sister, I could see the best in my sibling, you know, without placing specific expectation. So in a way to come from a place of like a blank slate and neutrality, am I making sense, Shami? I love, I love what you said. And it's a beautiful, beautiful sort of end to our conversation because it's a time for reflection. So I'd love, Dorica, if we could end on one of your most beautiful meditation practices. (laughs) 
love that. Thank you, Shami. Thank you for inviting me again to share this space with you. Okay, so friends and loved ones listening to this, you're welcome to join in. Please make yourself a, make sure that you're in a comfortable place and not driving or using machinery. And you can always listen to this later. Now, meditation is simply a way of relaxing and going within, and I invite you to join us. So first and foremost, find yourself a comfortable, cozy place, perhaps sat up straight, ideally with your spine straight. You can sit cross-legged or just with your feet flat on the floor and your palms out on your lap. Or if you wish and prefer, you're welcome to lie down as well. I invite you to close your eyes if you are happy to. It can be more helpful for us to go within. Or if you want to just have a gentle, keep your eyes gently open, but just a gentle focus on an object or on the floor. Okay, so nothing that you need to do right now other than simply breathe and go within. So I'd like you to start off by taking some beautiful, deep, slow, full breaths in and out through your nose. And as you breathe in, I invite you to breathe deeply into the lower parts of your lungs, allowing your abdomen to puff out and relax with a breath in and gently go back in as you breathe fully out. Beautiful. Now, if you can, take a deep breath in for a count of three and breathe out for a count of six. Breathe in for a count of three, if you can. And essentially, you're breathing out longer, if you can. With every breath in and out, feel yourself going deeper and deeper into a beautiful state of relaxation. Feel any tension in any of your muscles simply melts away. You are feeling calm and gorgeously relaxed now. Now, I invite you to have an intention, a focus of what you wish to release today in this beautiful meditation and what would you like to bring in to your beingness? Feel into what you wish. This may be wishing to release the pressure of a specific expectation that you're placing on yourself, that you're placing on another or an expectation that's being placed on you from outside. And perhaps you may wish to bring in a feeling of wholeness as you are. You may wish to bring in acceptance and love for yourself, or for the situation, or for the other person. So now, become aware of this expectation as you breathe in and breathe out in this beautiful state of relaxation. I invite you, with every breath in, breathe in what you wish to bring in. And with every breath out, 
Breathe out what you wish to release. Bring your attention also to the center of your chest, to your heart space. I invite you as you breathe in, breathe in beautiful rose quartz pink from above your head, bringing in the energy of love into your heart space. And breathe out what you wish to release. Breathe in pink, gorgeous light from above your head, going through the top of your head, going down to your heart. And imagine with every breath in and out that this pink light from within you is expanding to all parts of your body. Like sparkly pink light, it fills every cell flowing through your bloodstream filling every part of your beautiful body. Feel yourself bathed in an energy of love. You might feel warm and fuzzy. Accept and allow this feeling of love to pass through you and fill you from within. Now imagine yourself as a beautiful glowing ball of pink. And continue to breathe out what you wish to release. And breathe in what you wish to bring in. I invite you to say the following words silently. And feel yourself infused with the energy of these beautiful healing words. I release all expectations with ease and grace. I am loved and supported. I am whole, complete, and perfect as I am. I invite you to gently smile as you feel the energy of these beautiful sacred healing words fill you with love and wholeness and gently bring your attention back to your breath and bring your attention now into your body. Come back into your body now. Wriggle your fingers and toes and slowly and gently open your eyes and welcome back everyone. Thank you so much Dwarika. I'm feeling so relaxed was so, so good. Thank you so much for your time today. Can't wait to have you back. Thank you, my gorgeous. Thank you for this beautiful co-creation. And thank you, everyone, for being here with us. Remember that this is general advice only. Please see your healthcare professional for more information. So what's your take-home message today? Remember, it's all about progress and not perfection. And are you suffering from stress? Visit the Usawa Learning Hub on usawa.com.au for more resources on how to de-stress, re-energize and reclaim your health. Enjoy the journey.